Hello, my name is Hedvig Jachtekar. I treat dental fear. I'm an adventurer and a Norona ambassador. Welcome to Norona Podcast. My name is Ivan Eitzlott. In Norona Podcast, we want to inspire you and facilitate great adventures in nature by meeting exciting people and telling fascinating stories. In this episode, we will meet Hadvik Jartaker. She's a former Norwegian swimming champion, but switched her focus into adventures in the mountains and the coldest places on earth. Hadvik just got back from a great expedition where she skied all the way to the South Pole, all by herself. At the age of 28, she's now the youngest woman ever to complete this journey. It's an honor to welcome her to Nurana Podcast. Welcome, Hadvik. Thank you. You look so happy <laughs> and healthy. Yeah, thank you. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> I've been spending 49 days outside. I think that makes you look healthy and happy. You must tell us, where did you stay? <laughs> I went to the coldest, driest, um, windiest place on Earth. It's called Antarctica, and it's on the bottom of the world. Yeah. So I skied solo to the South Pole and just became the youngest woman in history who has done that. Ah, oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. The youngest woman ever. Yeah, for in, now. And your age is just... <laughs> Very young. <laughs> no. We can't ask a woman of the age, you know. <laughs> <laughs> My age is 28 years old. Okay. Yeah, and um, I don't find that to be too young. So my goal really is that someone hears this and says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to break her record. That's my goal. That's your goal? That's my goal. I don't need this record and no more. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's any 17 or 18-year-old yes. girls out yes. there? Yes, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, I will have them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how do you feel now? How do you feel about this record? Well, like you said, I'm, I'm very happy. Um, I feel very calm. And I guess, most of all, the record was just a way to get things done really because i think a project like antarctica that, that has a, um, a budget for over um, one million norwegian kroners okay. is um is it's a big deal it usually takes many many years to to do such a thing and i'm i'm new <laughs> i'm new in the field so uh, when i had the time pressure it really has helped me to to really go for it and don't dwell with the time. How old was the the record holder before you? <laughs> Twenty nine. <laughs> so that's the so thing. You had I a just time made it. I just made it, and it had to be perfect the first time. Okay. And I think that that was just a very good thing for me because it's not really about the record in you know in the big picture, but it helps to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, for me. 
and I'm also um, a former swimmer, so I have like a competitive side somewhere in here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, even though I'm getting old, it's still <laughs> it's still in there. <laughs> we have a lot of questions yeah, about sorry. your expedition. <laughs> yeah. But first, we have to know you a little better, mm. and the swimming part is really interesting. Mm. When did you start? swim all the time <laughs> i started when i was uh, young very young yeah. so my grandparents live at the west coast of norway it is not warm at all but we me and my sisters have always spent the summer there and love swimming in the sea and uh, after we also had a um, summer holiday in southern um, southern norway mm-hmm. um, i my parents found that I stayed underwater more than above water the, <laughs> okay. the whole summer holiday. And when the the fall came, my dad asked me if I wanted to take swimming lessons. And I was very, very happy with that because uh, <laughs> the, the, I think the year before, they asked me if I wanted to take piano lessons. And that was a no. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, a no-go. That was a no. But I still had to go. So swimming was a lot better. Okay. Um, so I started when I was nine. And I kept swimming till I was 19. Mm. Yeah, so 10 years I swam in Norway and, uh, yeah, uh, swimming. And you won a lot of championships. <laughs> yes. You have a lot of medals somewhere. I have. It's national medals. I think eight, eight of them. And, yeah, swimming is a big sport, so yeah. I never made it internationally. But I do think that swimming is such a sport that... Um, where you have to train a lot, mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot. So I think I was up to 25 hours every week. 25 hours? Yeah. And I started swimming before school, two hours, when I was already in seventh grade. Yeah. So um, Early mornings. Early mornings, yes. And I think it gives you, uh, when you get the dedication and the... The, the hard work from an early age and it was something that I really wanted myself. Yeah. My parents didn't want to drive me and wake up that early, you know, <laughs> but they still did. But it was something that I wanted for me and I felt... I feel so sorry for your parents. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I should I should reward them sometime. Um, yeah, so I, I think that some of the... I got some personality uh, through yeah. the... Sports. You got the discipline yes. and you have these goals that mm-hmm. you're trying to reach. Yeah. And also that in setting a goal also comes a lot of smaller ones mm. and the acknowledgement of this is going to take time and it's going to be painful and it's going to be hard work. Yeah. yeah. But you still want to do it. I still want to do it because <laughs> I know also for a fact... That's the crazy part. But on the other side, there's all these good feelings of mastery and a big confidence in you made you made your goal and mm. it was worth it. Mm. That's the main thing. It has to be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand that something happened when you were like 19 years old or something. Yeah. Yes, I decided to train for my last junior championship in Norway and also go into um, the Norwegian Navy. Okay, <laughs> yeah. at and the same time. At the same time. Some would say it's a bad idea and I would be, I would agree today. <laughs> today you agree. Today I would, but not then. I wanted to do everything. Um, so I got mononucleosis. We often call it kissing disease. Yeah, the kissing disease. Yes. 
That's a bad one. It is. And many people nod their head when I say it because we have some, we know someone or we've mm. heard about it. Um, but since I was training so much, um, my coach just said, uh, no, you're, we're just in a hard training period. This is normal. Uh, we didn't know it was mononucleosis. So I trained very, very hard and was also in the Navy um, with it. So when you don't take care of your body while the virus is at its worst, mm. it stays for longer. Yeah. Uh, or that's how I've understood it. So it ended up being a post-infectious um, fatigue. Okay. So I actually slept for a whole year after. Oh. Yeah, so I had to quit Navy and I quit swimming uh, very suddenly. That's dramatic. It is. Yes, I had so much of my personality and my sort of family and friends there. Mm -hmm. So by that, I mean actually sleeping like 15 hours and then eating and then going back to bed. So I lost so much of my, yeah, like I said, my personality. And mm. and I was also, you know, 19, 20 people are starting to figure out what they want to do with their life. and. Yeah. My friends were traveling and um, studying other places and I felt like I was stuck at home with my mom and dad. And mm. What am I going to do? I don't know. And how long is this going to take? Did you feel that you got better or was it just no energy at all for like a year? I think um, because the thing is with fatigue is that you get very uh, scared of being tired. Mm. You are scared to do things because you know at maybe tomorrow there's going to be a backside of the metal where you have to be <laughs> 24 hours in bed mm. or having pains in your body for no reason so i think i was afraid so i didn't i don't know <laughs> i didn't dare to 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 challenge it and that's the funny part because that was my the thing i was very good at in sports to mm. challenge where the limits are. Mm. And then it became the thing that I was the most scared of. Mm. So I think after Christmas, uh, like then seven months, eight, maybe my father was like, come on, Hedvig, you gotta, we gotta do something here. You can't just, you can't just stay here. You can't just sleep. Um, and, he suggested to me that I could go a uh, walk he had been he had done, mm -hmm. which is called Camino de Santiago. Yeah. It's actually a pilgrimage route. In Spain. In Spain, correct. From Saint Jean Pied de Port in, in France mm -hmm. uh, through the northern Spain to Santiago, or you can also go to the west coast, which is Finisterre. Yeah. So um, he had done it some years before, and my sister has actually done it as well. Uh, it's not because of religious reasons, but because of the, I think we all have a joy for um, being on on the on a trip for a long time. Yeah, um, to look into yourself. To look into yourself, yes. Um, and I think he, when he suggested that to me, he also suggested you can go to Bali on some course. <laughs> you can do this. You can yeah. do that. What do you want? We just want to help you. Sounds like a great father. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, and he, I guess we talked most about the Camino de Santiago. And I was disappointed. It was well meant, as you said, fantastic father. But at the moment, I couldn't even walk 
to Fløyen, which is a mountain in Bergen. I felt like he didn't understand. And we, I think we just ended the um, discussion just being uh, maybe not on friends, but, you know, just we'll see how this goes. Mm -hmm. But in retrospect, I think my dad knew what he was doing because uh, my body was not working, but my mind had still the same, like I said, personalities and the, Mm. the drive. Um, as I had before, so it was like he planted a seed, yeah. a seed in my in my brain that, oh, I really want to do that. It sounds fun. It's a lot of sun there. <laughs> you can walk in <laughs> shorts and thing. t-shirts, and he said he would help me with everything I needed, and um, I started walking. Mm. So I started just five minutes, ten minutes, and then longer and longer. And then the spring came in Bergen, which is beautiful. And the sun just gave me so much joy that I wanted to get out of bed yeah. to take those um, um, small walks. And then they just got longer and longer, did some yoga and just felt better. Um, and I also changed the focus because... Uh, I now needed a body that was functional mm. to be able to reach my goal. So that meant I had to eat what is right for the body. I had to move. I had to take care of myself in yeah. a better way. And then a year later, I went. My dad followed me down to the starting point, And we walked together three days. And he said, I can, see, I can tell you can do this, Henry. I'm going to go home now and you're going to do the rest on your own. Mm. And I cried. <laughs> and I did it. I did it. That's I, fantastic. It is. And you know, also... Uh, it's a, a long journey. <laughs> it is. 900 kilometers. And I did an average of 30 kilometers a day. So I was out for 30 days. Um, so, And I also met all these beautiful people along the way mm-hmm. that I had no idea was there <laughs> from all of the countries of the world. Yeah. And... They helped me put things in perspective because I was, uh, I don't know, I'm born in Norway. I have had free education. Uh, I could just live with my home, uh, my parents and uh, and sleep for a year. I didn't do anything with my, like, uh, money, you know, mm. everything like that. Um, you could feel your privileges. Exactly. I was so privileged and also feeling so sorry for myself mm. and needed someone else than my family and maybe also my friends, someone else outside to kind of say, hello, Edvig, this is, you're so lucky. You have to be grateful and and also just share their story from their lives, which mm. some of them really stuck with me for a long time. I can imagine. Um, so... Yeah, it was that was a changing game changer for me mm. because I hadn't I, like <laughs> I have spent all my time in a swimming pool, uh, <laughs> all my time, and I hated when we had to go on Sunday trips with the family on the the mountains around Bergen. It was always raining, always cold, and it was just three candies, and then we could go home again. <laughs> <laughs> so the walking and the the touring and the <laughs> skiing now even it's it's not a natural part of the f- like family activity so mm. i think that first one and also experience experiencing that i did it on my own and yeah. for myself 
was a, a, the starting point, like a yeah, for for the work. It makes a lot of self confidence as well. Absolutely, it does, and it's all of these things that. So when I I made it, I did the the trip across um, Spain, and I was thinking, okay, if I can walk nine hundred kilometers, I can start studying. Mm. So I started studying. Okay, if I can take a bachelor, can I take a master? Yes, I can do that. If I can walk, I can also bicycle, probably. So I bicycled from England <laughs> through France and Switzerland to Italy. Okay. And then I started. That's a long ride. <laughs> yes. And just starting taking the 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 polk I found at the, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, in my parents' home. Yeah. Um, very old and just putting things in there and taking the train to Finsa just to see what it's like to <laughs> ski with bulk. <laughs> and then I liked it, so I tried it longer and uh, did some horrible mistakes, but that's how you learn very, yeah. very fast. Uh, so no one has been there to kind of hold my hand or show me. I've just tried, challenged myself. And yeah. sometimes I think there's been some people worried <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been. Yes. Mm, but the good thing is that now... Like I said, I've made it all the way to the South Pole and uh, they weren't worried. So I've done the work. Oh. I've done the preparations. But when did this crazy idea about the South Pole come up? Yeah. Um, I lost my mother or we lost our mother to cancer two years ago. Mm, and sorry. Yeah. Um, that was really tough, obviously, like it is for anyone who lost, loses someone they love. And she um, was at a young age. Exactly. She was only 57 when she passed away. Mm, too early. Yes. And she was healthy. Like no no underlying illnesses. Uh, she's always been happy. She's always taking care of herself and, mm -hmm. and doing what is good, you know. So I found myself in a position where I just could not understand why? <laughs> Why should I eat all my greens and 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 do the things that are good for me mm. if 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 the outcome is that you get ill anyhow? Exactly. So I I think it's a sort of if you mix that together with the grief that is already there, mm. um, it's not a healthy place. So. I was starting to questioning, like, why do I even bother going to work? Why do, should I eat? I don't want to go outside. just want to lay on my couch and mm. just not doing things that build you up again. Mm -hmm. And when we know that being outside in nature is some of the best thing you can do for your mental health and your physical health, of course. Yeah. So... Um, I was uh, scrolling on Instagram. Uh, it was very gray and cold outside. And I was very unhappy and uh, sad. And I came across uh, an ad uh, for Gore-Tex uh, where they had... Um, her, her name is Molly Hughes, the woman who had the, the record before me to the South Pole. And uh, she was wearing Gore-Tex and she was skiing. It was a short clip of her reaching the South Pole. And I am well aware that 
the algorithms <laughs> had sorted out that this would really get to me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, crazy good gear and and outdoors because that was what I loved beforehand. So, um, but I, I still felt very. Uh, it really got to me. I stopped and I was like, "Wow, South Pole! I haven't been thinking about that." What if, what if, and mm -hmm. who is she? Did a little Googling around, and then I figured out that I just, just, just had a chance to beat her record. And I think at the moment I just decided, and I do that sometimes. <laughs> I just, I just uh, decide, now I want to do this. And then afterwards, I figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think, especially with the South Pole project, if it had been the other way around, that I had first uh, knew how much money it was, how much I had to uh, sacrifice, and mm -hmm. how much training, and, and the crazy, crazy cold, the, the feeling in the body of being so cold, is, it's horrible, uh, then I probably wouldn't have done it. So sometimes I, I thank myself for being a little happy-go-lucky. Spontaneous. Spontaneous, <laughs> yes. And how old was you? Um, Where were you in when you uh, this was, uh, sat down with Instagram? Yeah, I tried to think about it yesterday. I think it's two years ago. Two years ago. Yes. So in January, like, like now. Mm, That's a yeah. short period of time. It is. Between seeing that Instagram video yeah, yeah. and then go for it and succeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most effective South Pole expedition ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speed. Speedy yeah. person. Yeah. I think uh, it took me a whole year after that to tell someone mm -hmm. at all. And I decided to go across the Greenland ice cap because I had to um, prove that I had the experience to mm. go to the South Pole before I was even allowed yeah. So South Pole, uh, no, uh, Greenland was um, was my my ticket in, um, and that went well. It was tough as well, but I really wanted that to be. Um, I wanted to see if I actually made that before. I wanted to tell the world that I was going to the yeah. South Pole, and this was only in May this year, so I only had six months to um, <laughs> get the funding and and. <laughs> Let people know that I was going for a, to be a polar explorer. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, so how did you do that? Did you call your dad and <laughs> tell him, okay, I'm going to the South Pole now? <laughs> you know what I did? Actually, um, the last Christmas, uh, so this Christmas I was in Antarctica, yeah. and last Christmas I was summiting Aconcagua okay. in South America. But that was also with the group. Um, also a training trip? Not really. Uh, I just wanted to see if mountains were a thing I could <laughs> <Okay>. like. <laughs> but the height, sickness, I don't... It's, it's not good. It's not good. It's uh, not comfortable. No, and you can't do anything about it. So I went back to the, to the lower ground. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, I, I found it hard to tell my family because we had lost the mother and, mm. and Christmas is, you know, important for family time. I found it hard to tell them that I was going to be away for the, my first Christmas and going for Antarctica instead of being home. And I'd also decided I wanted to have a adventurous year 
Så jag gjorde Aconcagua och jag ville göra Finnmarksvidda plateau crossing och Jotunheimen crossing och Greenland and then end the season with mm. South Pole. So I had like a whole plan figured out. And I figured I'm just going to tell them in an email. <laughs> in an email. <laughs> Because then it would be very like easy to follow, very yeah. Uh, very systematic. Systematic, yes. You can follow your own brief. Yes. Just telling <laughs> yeah. the right way. Now we are in February, that's when Hedvig is here. <laughs> Um, so it's a great narrative. Just sit down and write an email. Yes, but I guess it's more like personal if you actually tell <laughs> yeah. people to their faces. Did you do the same to your boyfriend? Mm, Write him an email as well. I actually got the boyfriend afterwards. Okay. Yeah. So, so he got. Uh, he came in when you had the plan. Yes, he ah. did, and I told him the first night. <laughs> Uh, no, maybe not. But very, Second. very early because I, I had, you know, I when I decide, I decide, I go yeah. for it, and so I wasn't gonna let anything get in the way. Not and even him. Not even him. <laughs> I, di- I didn't know him too well then, so <laughs> now I would let him get in the way. But um, he was okay with it. He was okay with it, and not everyone is. No. So. Uh, that was the proof that he's a good guy. It is. And South Pole has been the craziest. Uh, yeah, he should get a reward. <laughs> yeah, because just to let someone you love go out and do something like that. Like that. And never asking questions, what about me? Or mm. is this going to be bad for you? Or like, you know, I'm too anxious for you. Mm. It's nothing like that. He's always been supporting and lifting up more than anything else. So. But Definitely if we just proof. push forward, what did you feel when you had to say goodbye to him and your family? Oh. Before I left, I was very sad. Mm-hmm. I I had a little bit of cold feet. Yeah. I knew it was a it was a big goal. It, there was no. I didn't know I would succeed. No. I hear other people say they're like they they know they will do it. You know mm-hmm. and. Probably because they have a lot of other <clears throat> experiences in their experience bank, yeah. as I call it. Um, so they know that they will make it. But I, I didn't have that. I just learned how to use a compass um, six months ago. So, <laughs> yes. Um, you were the speedy, yeah. on a speedy journey. <laughs> um, learn fast. But at the same time, I... I'm so grateful. I want I want to write a thank you note to the people who who invented satellite communication because yeah. I have been in contact with my family and my boyfriend every day mm. except when when I have some trouble with the panel uh, solar panel uh, but um they have been there every day and cheering for me every day and I could tell them today is a great day and I could tell them today I've been crying a lot mm. and and they would be there for me no matter what so yeah. uh that's a good the part of the, <laughs> the al- alone thing yeah. yeah 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 satellite phone and loved ones yes. at home yeah that helps it does <laughs> maybe that should be the name of this project <laughs> <laughs> So 
So, now we heard about all our preparations. Tune in to the second part of our conversation with Hedvig to learn more about her actual journey to the South Pole. Norona podcast is published by the Norwegian outdoor company Norona Sport. Norona has been producing premium outdoor products since 1929. Check out our clothes, backpacks, tents, sleeping bags and skis on our website norona.com. There you will also find more inspiring stories about our rich history, the expeditions we have participated in, our ambassadors and our ambitions in sustainability. Thank you for listening to Norona podcast. We really appreciate it. And welcome to nature. <laughs>